You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello, please let me see your ticket stubs for the Double Edge Double Bill. This week, there's no retreat from the Fist of Legend. Each week, Adam Thomas and Thomas Mariani will come to the table to discuss the randomly selected yin and yang of a double feature. Then, both will have to pick a number between 1 and 10 in order to seal their fates for the next episode. One will have two good movies, the other two bad ones. Let the chaos begin. And I am Adam Thomas, Master of Martial Arts Cinema. And I am Thomas Mariani, a student under Sensei Thomas. And we're just here having a usual training session, nothing bad's happening. But, oh, a mysterious warrior appears back on the show for the first time in too long. It's Mr. Shaquille Lambert. Uh, here to defend my honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's up, guys? It's, yeah, it's been a minute. No, yeah, it's been a very, it's almost been a year uh, about since you were last on. And we're happy to have you back on, of course, for this very special uh, fighting-oriented episode. In which we will all fight to the death by the end of it. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, of course, sure. Yeah, yeah we're, we're all very agile. Very cheery about death. Yes. Yes. <laughs> At the, right now, absolutely. <laughs> but more importantly, touching each other—that's the worst part of it, bro. I I miss physical contact with other people. Oh, I would nestle my head in between both your shoulders so fast right now. Honestly, right in the nape. Like, oh, this feels like home. <laughs> Uh, but Shaquille, uh, we obviously invited you back on, and you were so keen for martial arts uh, as a topic, which is our topic for the evening. Why martial arts in particular? I grew up on just like everyone else, like the Jackie Chan stuff. Uh, people, it, like people in my generation, so the Jackie Chans, the Jet Lees, um, and that love has just kind of been like my main source of just like entertainment. As young as like a child, like I remember watching The Matrix and going like that changed like my whole life essentially. And so just like looking up those styles and just like the people who came before them. So yeah, like the Bruce Lee's the Sammo Hung's like all those guys. And then just that love has just been consistent over the years from as new martial arts, international stars have come in. So just like Tony Jaa or Iko Uwes or Donnie Yen, who even though Donnie Yen's been around for since the fucking <laughs> ever, yeah, he's like been around 80s. forever. It's just only recently <laughs> that he became like the big name in martial arts. But yeah, dude, like honestly, martial arts is like my favorite style of combat in film. Pretty yeah, pretty much like the number one. Because <laughs> like there's sword fights, there's gun fights, there's like fist fights. Martial arts has been the number one. Well, who would you say is your favorite martial arts star if you had to pick one? Probably Jackie Chan. The thing with Jackie Chan is. I only kind of took this in recently when I watched Police Story is that like his style is almost accidental <laughs> where he's like be- like he's getting beat up as much as the like the henchmen are. It's just he uses his momentum from the impact of the environment and himself to beat up the other guys. And it's just so satisfying and hilarious to watch. That's why he's such a good comedic actor. And this is a topic we've been ruminating about for a while, Adam. I think since mm-hmm. even the show started, we've been ruminating on it. Because the big thing yeah, is, oh yeah, uh, you're a huge martial arts fan. 
where I am not. I am That's just correct. inexperienced. I'm a novice. I am the student yes. to your mastery. Yes. That's that's true, my young apprentice. <laughs> now it's complete. I don't know, wrong movie, but still. <laughs> I grew up on it, too, um, in a different way. I grew up on more of the... Uh, my dad was a big action movie fan. So I grew up like Steven Seagal, Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and then, of course, Jackie Chan when he hit the scene, and even Jet Li. So I went back and started watching all the older ones, like the Bruce Lee movies and... You know, things like that. And then I discovered, like, the Wu-Tang movies and the Shaw Brother movies and just the craziest shit. So melodramatic, but the fighting was some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen. Some, I mean, it's just incredible. It's like a dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just sucked me in. And ever since, yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely love them. You know, all the way up to, like, like we said, the Raid movies or He Comes at Night and all these newer ones that are coming out. And you're like, they're fucking mind-blowing. You'd think they'd run out of ways to see people get punched in the face. Nope. And then you see a whole new art style that you're like, how the fuck did I never know about this? As a kid, my favorite, probably growing up, was probably Jackie Chan, if not Jet Li. I, I just, Jet Li, I always like because he looks, he's such a little guy and he looks kind of unassuming. But like, he's the baddest motherfucker on the planet in these movies. Like, there's no stopping him. And Jackie Chan, for the same reason, Jackie Chan and his comedy and everything, I mean, he just. You know, obviously, it, everyone knows he does his own stunts and everything, but he takes beatings, like, nonstop, but he just perseveres. Uh, nowadays, I mean, of course, Donnie Yen, I love, you know, Iko Uas and Tony John, these guys, I mean, they're masters of it. I mean, they just know how to do these type of movies and make the martial arts more of a choreography dance than just a straight up kick at someone's ass. When you find a good one, there's nothing like it. Really, oh yeah it's, it's like the pure like you feel like you're part of the fight even though you're just watching these two dudes uh-huh. suck each other or, or just the greatest <laughs> thing where they'll you know they'll bust somebody's leg or an arm and you get the oh while you're watching it react yeah like, oh, <laughs> oh. when like, i went to go see the raid too i'd never been in a more interactive audience in my life because every time there was just some crazy hit the audience would just do the yeah the simultaneous just ooh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You don't get that in any other kind of film, like, not even within action movies. Like you'll see a good shot, like someone get like a bad kill or whatever. Slasher movies, maybe slasher. Slashers are close, but just it's not that same effect. Well, I mean, I think the raid comparison like works because that definitely feels more like it skirts into horror territory with some of the gore, like mm-hmm. in terms of how like fucked up that can get. Um, but yeah, I'm more of a novice. I think I grew up more with the as we've talked about before the Arnold kind of movies where the action heroes aren't very agile and just like move around all buff and then use a giant gun to mow people down and that's about it um but i've grown to at least like watch worse of like the raid movies i think was what kind of kicked off at least my limited exposure but i'm still such a novice where like i still have not seen a non-american jackie chan movie <laughs> just as an example <laughs> oh dude police, police stories story. are, that's, yeah. that's I, number one i know both police story and police story 2 are on criterion Yep. So I'm that was very, my first criterion yeah. ever, Legend of, actually. Legend of Drunken Master is a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Listen, Thomas, I'll leave you with this. Yes. That Remember how in Bad Boys 2, there's that whole scene of, like, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith driving through that favela in the Hummer? Yeah. Police story opens with that shit <laughs> and goes higher from there. Wow, okay. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Tango and Cash standing on a truck with a little six-shooter. Police story did it first. 
Yep. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm definitely curious to do a bit more research here. Uh, but for tonight, we're not covering any of those films specifically. Uh, we picked at the end of our last episode, uh, randomly, if you're unaware, we pick movies at the end of every episode. Uh, one good, one bad, based on uh, two good and two bad options chosen by Adam and myself. And so uh, we ended up picking our good feature, which was Fist of Legend. Uh, the Jet Li vehicle. That was your good choice, Adam. And my bad choice was No Retreat, No Surrender, uh, which we'll be very curious to talk about both of them in great detail. Uh, But let's start off with our good feature, Fist of Legend. At a time when foreign armies ruled over China, a courageous people remained defiant and prepared to protect their way of life. When their most honored champion falls to a powerful enemy, one will rise to defend his legacy. Jet Li, Fist of Legend. Out now on Blu-ray and DVD. So, Fist of Legend uh, came out December 22nd, 1994 in Hong Kong. Um, It is directed by Gordon Chan and stars Jet Li. Uh, and it is notably a remake of the Bruce Lee film Fist of Fury. And uh, not too long before we actually did this episode. And it's interesting because uh, I would argue not only is it a really, this one a really good martial arts movie, but it's a pretty damn good remake of admittingly a pretty fun Bruce Lee movie altogether. Have you seen the original Sha- Shaquille? Um, I ha- actually haven't. Because the thing is, like, my Bruce Lee knowledge is not as is not as knowledgeable as the like, Jackie Chan or the Jet Lees. But I do remember, like, the big fight scene from... Uh, Fist of Fury, like the notable one, where he just beats the shit out of all those students, and it's something that like they do, they replicate in Fist of Legend. I think the Bruce Lee one is better, <laughs> but this one is, but the but all the fights in Fist of Legend are really good. Right, right. I think the big thing to me about that where I would say Fists of Legend is a bit better is the fact that there's maybe not as many like elaborate fight sequences, but there's a lot more fight density, and all those fights are pretty much of quality. Because in Fist of Fury, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but it's like there's pretty much a super big fight scene at the beginning, there's a really crazy one in the middle with like kids at the school, and then the end yeah. climax has a lot of stuff, but there's a lot in between that kind of drags it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there is. If I remember correctly, it's also shorter. Too. Yes. So it doesn't true. feel as uh, space out. Plus, it's just, you know, be as it may, you're watching Bruce Lee be Bruce Lee. Yeah. The right. Fuck. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, but no, I, I actually do prefer this version to the Bruce Lee version simply because I, it's easier to get a little bit more invested in the story and then what's going on. Uh, it's definitely better acted. And uh, yeah, the fights. Holy fuck. I mean,. There's a couple scenes where you can tell they speed it up. Yeah. But when it's not and when they're just going, I mean, dude, these guys are so fucking fast and the choreography is so sharp and there's so many limbs that get fucked with and stretched and taut and snapped and feet stepped on. I mean, it's never ended. Somebody's getting fucked up in this movie. Is it fair to say this was Jet Li's sort of breakout movie? Yes, absolutely. When did Once Upon a Time in China come out? Was that before or after this? Uh, Once Upon a China, I think it was after. Okay, I, gotcha. I believe. Okay, cool. But not not soon after. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think Fearless was right around the same time, too. No, Fearless was like, oh, if no, Fearless was 06, because that was the one that they had as like the last one. Yeah, but I believe that was a reissue. 
if I was remember it? correctly. He, there was one of his movies that was, yeah. I, I want to say okay. it was Fearless. I, might be I, I did do some mild research because I also wanted to watch at least one other Jet Li movie before mm-hmm. this, which I talked with Adam about. Um, I watched um, one they did right before this called Master of Tai Chi, which he actually did with uh, Chin Su Hon, who plays uh, sort of his um, same age uh, rival but friend. Uh, by the end of it, mm-hmm. um, which was an interesting one. It's a lot more comedic and broad. Um, but then I saw that Fearless, I was tempted to see, but it was like the two, uh, two and a half hour director's cut. And I'm like, I'm going to hold on. <laughs> I don't want to d- dig deep into that. It's it's very good. Also, yeah. I just realized it's about the master of this, like Chen Zhen, like the main character. It's his master, which I'm like, oh, that that made it so much more interesting to me. I'm like, oh, right. I saw yeah. the movie. About- <laughs> it's funny how Jet Li plays the both the master and the student. <laughs> he is both. He cannot be tamed. <laughs> the thing is, though, that is not an unusual sort of occurrence in these movies, especially mm-hmm. Asian Kung Fu movies. It happened all the time. Like, look at old Gordon Liu movies. Gordon Liu, uh, for anybody who might not know who he is, he was the leader of the Crazy 88s and also Pai Mei in the Kill Bill movies. Mm-hmm. And he played the same character, I want to say, five times and also played The Apprentice like three times. Mm-hmm. Like it was constant switch off, switch off, switch off. Uh, to the point to where um, the, the character Pai Mei is based on uh, the character he played a lot. And I, the name's escaping me, but it looks identical, everything. And there was in all those old Shaw Brothers sort of Kung Fu movies. It's not an unusual thing for them to sort of remaking or rehashing or rebooting or doing prequels and taking the star from the original and then bringing it back in to play right. the older brother or the father or the, the master itself. Cause, cause even this is not the first nor last remake of fist of fury from what I saw. There are a lot of, no. it's particularly with this uh, Chen Zen character, even like I yes. know there's a, yeah. there's a, there's a sequel that came out even like 10 years later with Donnie Yen in the role. Yes. Yeah. And if I don't say it, I'm sorry. The name is Fong Sai Yuk. If I wouldn't have said that, I'd have felt bad about myself. Yeah. All those, those martial arts fans just like, oh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> 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 but anyway, anyway, we're talking about Fist of Legend, uh, which I'm um, curious, Shaquille, had you seen this before? Um, The thing is that I did see it uh, when I was, I think I was like 10 or 11 when I saw it, but I only remember like the first 30 minutes. So up until the old master, like the, J- the Japanese master is killed, mm-hmm. when... Anything after that, I was like, I don't remember. Like, all that stuff was, like, fresh in my mind. But everything else was like, okay, I, I remember this, I remember this. But so it still felt like a first watch, even though it wasn't. But no, this movie's great, honestly. The choreography, obviously, is the best thing, which I realized Yen Wu Ping, who would end up choreographing The Matrix, this is, like, one of his big... I think this is, like, the one thing that kind of put him on the radar of the Wachowskis. Yeah, this was apparently the movie that the Wachowskis watched and were like, oh, we gotta hire this guy. Who actually directed that uh, Master of Tai Chi movie that I mentioned uh, right before Oh, this. word, sick. <laughs> it's the go- probably the goat when it comes to just, like, martial arts choreography, at least in a contemporary sense. Yeah, that, that's pretty much agreed upon by a lot of people. Uh, but, so, Adam, was this your introduction to Jet Li? And sort of, uh, how did you come across this particular one? It wasn't my introduction to Jet Li. I think my introduction to Jet Li was Black Mask. Um, I don't know. If- Ooh, Black Mask is good. I think that might have been my introduction. And then after that was Lethal Weapon 4, where I remember reading or watching like a documentary about it or something. And they, they're like, yeah, we had to tell the you know Jet Li, you have to slow down your movements. Our cameras can't pick it up. He was moving too fast. 
So I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? So I went back and started watching all his other movies. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely am a huge, huge fan of Jet Li. Uh, unfortunately, his American films had pale in comparison to any of his native Chinese films. Oh, oh uh, they're so much worse, but I have such a soft spot for them. Like, dude, Cradle Romeo of the Grave is not great, terrible. but it's so good to me. Yeah, Romeo <laughs> was terrible. Cradle of the Grave is terrible. I think his best American <laughs> movie is probably Kiss of the Dragon. Oh, for, uh, sure, for sure. That's a really badass movie. It's funny what Shaquille said, because a lot of people are in the same boat as him, where a lot of people think the scene where he goes in the school and fights all the guys in the, the geese is the end of the movie. There a lot of people think that's the final fight of the movie, and it clearly it's not. It happens in the first 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what I think it is, a lot of people have seen Supercuts, of, yeah. You know, Jet Li fights on YouTube and stuff, and that's considered one of the best ones. So a lot of people think it's the last fight. But, um, no, I, am, I absolutely love this movie. I think it's a a very, very good representation of, you know, 90s uh, China uh, kung fu films or martial arts films. I think this is one of the best ones you could possibly find. Yeah, I mean, as a novice going into it, um, I really dug it. I thought I did a great job of sort of immersing you in this environment, I think, particularly. Like, that's the thing with, like, Fist of Fury kind of just drops you right in, where it's like, oh, the Master died, and he's trying to, you know, take his revenge very quickly. I like how this one takes its time a bit more. I like how you kind of get immersed in, like, especially sort of the conflict that's happening. Like, this is, like, First World War era, and all this other stuff, as opposed to... I think in Fist of Fury, my biggest problem is that, like, the Japanese come off as, like, these school bully types... We're just they come into the school and they're just like, we're going to take your lunch money, guys. Like, it, it feels about, like, that nuanced, honestly. Uh, but it's, I, I really like, especially how this one deals with that kind of conflict, and it really builds up to, like, all the, where all the fights actually mean something. Even, admittingly, when the first fight in this movie happens, like, two minutes in at the school, which I do love just yeah. seeing fucking, like, 30-year-old-ass-looking gently just like, oh, I'm a student here. <laughs> this fucking sky school. And then he just, like, starts beating the shit out of people and, like, breaking tables and desks and shit all over. It's insane, like, right from minute two. Honestly. When he dislocates that dude's jaw with just, like, his head. Yep. <laughs> like, there's so many just good little... Like, it's hard to describe, but just, like, the small little movements like that. Or even, like, there was one big fight, I think, in the midpoint between Jet Li and, like, the leader of, like, the Japanese gang or whatever in that big field. There's one point where he tries to go for, like, a fake open-hand slap and use it as a fake out to punch him with his left hand. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing is, obviously, Jet Li clearly was not student age, but I think he was only, like, 30. Yeah. When this movie came out, he, he looked the same up until recently. Uh, I mean, that dude didn't age until, like, he stopped acting. But, uh, no, the, and I one of my favorite parts about it, like, I mean, he's snapping legs and arms and everything. But he wasn't. He was just dislocating them. Right. You know, and that was such a cool part where the master comes and he's like, oh, if you really wanted to, you'd be crippled by now. You know, I mean, it's just so fucking cool. And then he, when he goes and confront the student, he's like, take your shoes off. And he's like. Ah, <laughs> he's just like he whoops the fuck out of all of them. Like it's no, and I love the classic. In most, it's all over in martial arts movies. The over the back flip where their legs break through something. Yes, it happens all the time, and I don't know why yeah. it's such a trope. But I gotta imagine that would fucking suck. 
<laughs> like your legs are going through wood banisters or stone somehow. Like that's another yeah. thing too. These guys just get thrown into and punched stone like it's nothing. The evil Chinese general does that. He's basically made out of stone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that that's a tall motherfucker too, man. Well, at least in comparison. Or even just the way that they kind of shoot it even and just makes him look so fucking massive. Uh, mm-hmm. Billy Chow is that guy. And yeah, the, the whole final fight sequence really shows off how big he feels. But I think what I, what I dig about watching this especially is some of the stuff you're mentioning about sort of like how this character has kind of a code and how he has certain things that he won't cross. Or even like, like my favorite sort of fight sequence isn't even one that's technically like incredibly impressive, but just like a lot of the psychology and a lot of the sort of like the conclusion it comes to is the bit where he fights, um, I believe it's Fumio, the guy who's um, like the uncle of his love interest um, who yeah. comes back to try and fight him. And I like the fact that that fight ends up resolving where, like, they learn from each other, and it's like, yes. oh, no, this is, this wasn't yeah. actually about conflict. Like, I could shoot you, and that would be, like, the end of a conflict. As right, opposed to, like, the end of the fight, right. Right, I, I learned something from you, and that's a way you can actually beat your opponent later. I thought that was a really cool philosophical thing, and I'm like, I really like that kind of idea, as opposed to just punching and fighting, but I, the punching and fighting's pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, but you're also not going to find a lot of that if depends on which angle you take. Like the Wu-Tang movies, dude, they're <laughs> all just punching and fighting. Like, dude, if you want to watch one, watch The Mystery of Chess Boxing. It's like the greatest greatest kung fu movie ever. But no, uh, that's one thing that always endeared this movie to me, too. Like I said, it has a plot. It has stakes. You know, even the courtroom scene, it, to me, is completely necessary. A lot of people hate that whole part of the movie. I'm like, why? It builds on the characters. You know, yeah. it reintroduces this, and then it, it adds more to the Japanese versus Chinese sort of conflict that's going on. I didn't even mind the subplot, but like the the treacherous, you know, student at the school who poisoned his master and everything. I wish they would have done a little more with it mm-hmm. uh, instead of an hour and fifteen minutes in. You're like, oh, it's this fucking guy, and then twenty minutes later, the guy shoots him in the head. Right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not even like a character that was really all that established. It's like, oh, just that guy. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah it's the guy with the giraffe face in the background. Oh, wait, he's the giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> like, they could have done a little more with that, maybe. But other than that, to me, this is, like I said, this, in comparison to other martial arts movies of the time that this was coming out, this is easily in the top three. I mean, for a 1994 lower budget, uh, kung fu movie martial arts movie i hate to say kung fu because i know it's a regional but a low budget martial arts movie you'd be hard pressed to find another one with as much thought and care put into plot development well yeah and even this feels not just like a conflict between two people or like two schools but like between two countries you actually feel that yeah. sort of like massive weight of it going on that's why i really found so interesting and i think what you're talking about we're like oh that's not the usual for uh, martial arts movies is kind of like why i kind of was a bit less interested in like pursuing them at a certain point but because I, I don't think a lot of them just based on the general stereotype would have this kind of complexity to it would you agree with that Shaquille I'd agree with that because yeah martial arts films like the ones that are just like a dime a dozen that you still kind of love they're yeah they're just window dressing for just fights that are just like the fights are great but they're just like hey this is this is the reason why we're fighting all right cool whatever this one like you mentioned has the whole historical background of just like these two nations fighting against each other and yeah within those nations very complicated relationships like the ambassador like the japanese ambassador was like i don't want i don't want war between us 
Um, and even like the 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 masters themselves, when the 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 Japanese master finds out about the poisoning, he's like, "I wanted this fight to be above board, to be a straight fight of see who's better." Yeah, there's a lot of care put into it that you don't see in like typical martial arts films. But uh, I think it, I think they work great in like historical dramas and stuff like that because they mm-hmm. do they do work it well here. So also, like Fearless, Fearless also does a good job at like this similar discussion because it's like the it's the same era, right? Yeah, and also my favorite thing about the courtroom scene that's just like a small weird thing, it's just like it's one of great weird funny appearances of white people in this movie. <laughs> oh, just, yeah, the, the jury, I'm a the doctor, not the well, pathologist. Well, wait, that's the guy earlier at the weird makeshift autopsy. autopsy scene. Yeah, it's just like my word, I can't believe you want me to cut this person open by Jove. Uh, <laughs> and then they fucking put like the. It just feels like it's Kool Aid dip of the liver piece <laughs> inside the fucking vial. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> There's that, but also then the judge, even who is my favorite line of the whole movie, which is like, "I find these proceedings ridiculous. Case dismissed." And then leaves. <laughs> one of my favorite parts that like threw me for a loop, even rewatching it now, the one who was supposed to be Jet Li's lawyer, but then his position got changed, so he became <laughs> like, and they storm in the house. They're like, "Oh, the piece of sea shoots, and the piece of ceiling falls on his head." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Roll." <laughs> Why, what is the point of this? <laughs> right. Just that little bit of slapstick for no fucking reason. It's just totally out of place. Or even the courtroom scene, there's a really funny bit where um, Mitsuku comes in. She makes her whole statement about like, oh, no, I was his alibi. I was like sleeping with him this whole time. And in the courtroom, like the guys are off to the side like, oh, they're sleeping together. Oh, what? It's like some gossip <laughs> shit going around like they're fucking teenagers. <laughs> like that's what I like the idea that like all of these even like certain background characters feel more fleshed out. I, I like the fact that this feels like it's a real sort of ensemble. It's not just the Jet Li movie. It's Jet Li with a lot of valuable players. I'll say, like, the school, like, it feels like you get an idea for, like, the some of the students that show up over there rather than it just being, like, a background. It's like, hey, they belong here. They just do this. Like, mm-hmm. have like even, like, the discussions of, like, who poisoned the master when they're having that conversation at dinner. It's like, okay, I get an insight of what what the school is like or even just the bit where like they're talking about the uh how ting n character at one point it's like you no know, he's supposed to be like the next up in line you can't like screw with him here and jitley has that look on his face like maybe he did it like you get a lot more intrigue about what's going on with the relationship there and i love that dude uh chin su how it's disappointing i heard he's in as many like more notable martial arts movies after this because in this one, in that master of uh, Tai Chi movie, I think the the two of them, him and uh, Jet Li, work so well together. Like especially have even just contrasting faces. Like he's a lot more so sort of, like fuller faced, and he feels a bit more sort of like childish, but in a way that he wants to like prove himself against a Jet Li. Um, I, I I wish they would maybe be more together because I, I love that dude. I think he's a lot of fun. So uh, Shaquille, what would you say is sort of like your favorite like impressive awe martial arts moment of Fist of Legend? Aside from like yeah the jaw thing I mentioned in the first like ten minutes during that big fight with yeah with the uncle and they take on the blindfolds <laughs> I'm a sucker for like a blindfold <laughs> in a in a martial arts movie but um just the way that they in, like they integrate just trying to use the elements so like just using grass or just like a stone to like psych the other opponent out I thought all that stuff was just such a just cool moment. Like, cool cool individual moments within the fight itself, which is already impressive enough. I, like, I agree with you in terms of, like, certain mo- individual moments really work. During the, where we mentioned the big fight between Jet Li and the general guy, um, there's a point where I love, um, they, 
he breaks the like one of the windows with like I believe it's uh, Chin Siu Ho's uh, head. Like they yes. push his head through a fucking window, and then later on, Jet Li gets his head pushed in through all the remaining windows that are there. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that bit. What about you, Adam? What's your big uh, martial arts moment in this movie? I mean, I got a couple. Like, anytime you see a leg bend the wrong way, it's like, fuck. But when Jet Li takes his fucking belt off. Yes. And starts hitting, hitting that dude in the yeah. face. with Because, <laughs> you know, first of all, that shit, A, has got to sting. Yeah. Second of all, he's hitting him with the fucking buckle. Like, oh, my God. That part was just badass to me. That sort of thing you're talking about with, like, watching a mom- like a fight and you're like, ooh, ooh, I can't believe this is going on. Um, that was that entire, like, General versus Jet Li fight for me. Like, I kept constantly doing that. Because it's a dope-ass fight. And even, like, that character isn't necessarily that developed of the General. But I like the fact that, like, he has this, like, ominous presence the whole time. And as you mentioned, like, the only way you could really make, like, Jet Li feel intimidated is, like, he's fighting a wall. And that yeah. dude feels like a fucking wall. This thing, like, when you realize most of this movie... Jet Li is essentially the most OP character in the entire movie. You're like, okay, I get it. He's the lead. But, like, it doesn't seem like at any point he's broken a sweat up until the general fight where, yeah, he's fighting just a cinder block who's just not phased by anything. He's not selling shit. (laughs) And so for it to finally go like, oh, man, I got to think about, like, what moves can I do to just at least stun this guy or shake him up? And I think that's the thing is, like, watching both these movies sort of have the more prominent – kind of martial arts person in both of them, I think I have a similar sort of tactic where Jet Li is so stoic most of the time and just doesn't have, like, much of any uh, sort of facial action, unless it's, like, an actually genuinely interesting scene with, like, him and, uh, like, his girlfriend and all the, like, conflict that's going on there or um, until, like, he actually is fighting and he makes the faces. But I would argue, unlike the guy in our other movie, um, the faces never feel, like, funny here. They feel no. a lot more just like this is like reacting off of what's going on. It feels genuinely more just like every time Jet Li makes that particular face, it's in the way of like a Bruce Lee, where it's just like, oh no, he's just like exhausting so much energy that it has to come out like with this weird face. Like that's the way his muscle has to contort for him to be this badass. That's what I love about like him, particularly in this movie and some of the other ones I've seen where he kind of has that similar style. And there's there's certain times when he's fighting where you'll see him do like the the grimace face or the yelling even though they'd never make the noise but where like he's got his mouth completely open and his face taut where you know he just put so much fucking power behind whatever the hell he hit somebody with and the one thing i love about jet lee too that he does a lot is jet lee will throw a punch and leave his arm there yeah a lot of times like Mm -hmm. he doesn't pull back he leaves it so you feel the force of it would you generally agree with that, Shaquille, in terms of Jet Li overall? Yeah, the, now that I think about it, like, I think back to, like, Jackie Chan, where, again, yeah, his is all about just, like, constant body movement. And, yeah, while Jet Li is more, like, stoic as a, in comparison, yeah, it is just more the rigid... I'm sorry, rigidity? Is that the right word? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the we'll the rigidity it. of, like, his movements have more force and impact in every kick or every punch. It's like the wind is also helping him. <laughs> That's how I can put it. The wind is his backup man. Yes. <laughs> I'll spot you, bro. I got you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think we should go ahead and move into our next feature because there's a lot to say about <laughs> No Retreat, No Surrender. But um, let's go ahead and go into final thoughts then. Shaquille, our guest, your final thoughts on Fist of Legend. 
you can't really go wrong if in terms of a quintessential Jet Li flick, this one is probably one of the best ones to watch. You get a good idea for just like his fighting style, what makes him unique while also paying homage to Bruce Lee. You get a really good story, a really engrossing story with really good characters. And just it makes you interested in just like this whole backdrop of just the whole conflict between China and Japan. It's a really good movie. A, like outside of just the confines of martial arts, it's a really good movie to just check out. Um, yeah, I mean, I genuinely agree with uh, everything that's being said there, um, especially as like a novice person. Uh, it was great to sort of like watch one that really immersed you in the story and the world a bit more so that the fights actually meant something. I think it's always been kind of my fear is like going into martial arts movies, like with all the like big fighting and kicking, is it going to get tiresome after a bit? But in this case, it doesn't because you really feel immersed in what's going on here. Uh, I think we haven't spoke much about Gordon Chan's direction, but I like how he particularly makes like the sort of uh, the Chinese city feel a lot more vibrant, like with even like the the guys who are doing the, um, I forgot what those things called, where like you're... Oh, the rickshaws? The rickshaws, Yeah. Uh, where they're, like, going around the rickshaws and they're even, like, following him around. Like, he becomes a sort of folk hero um, to the point where, I mean, I will say, the one thing that Fist of Fury definitely has over this, besides, obviously, Bruce Lee in general, is a sort of fake-out death. Here is, like, actually a thing in uh, Fist of Fury. And more importantly, it has the awesome, like, freeze-frame sequence in Fist of Fury. Like, like one of the most iconic fucking Bruce Lee things ever. Um, And in this one, it's a weird sort of, um, you know, a thing where, like, they kind of fake his death and they really they really rush out that ending <laughs> in a weird way <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> where they kind of confuse me, like, oh, okay, we're doing this. Uh, but otherwise, I think this movie's, like, pretty near flawless in terms of, like, character development and building of, like, the actual environment and the world and the setting. And then also the martial arts just kick so much ass. So it's a great package for all that. But uh, what about Adam, your final thoughts on Fist of Legend? I, I think it's one of the greatest early 90s martial arts movies if you've never seen an older uh straight from china jetly movie i think this is probably one of the better ones to start with or if you are a fan of fists of fury and you want to see it done in a different way i mean you know just as good if not better also this is not one to shy away from it's got a really cool political subtext it's got really really amazing choreographed fight scenes and it's it's got a lot of heart to it like they they wanted to make this something special and i and i think it's on the screen i i think they achieved it it's hard for me to give a movie a, a perfect like say it's a perfect perfect film but as far as a martial arts film this is about as close to that as you can get for me i, I think it's an absolutely phenomenal film before we go into our next feature here's an ad for nia so you can queue up right after our the hitchhiker's guide to podcasting has this to say about the weekly earth station one podcast Mildly entertaining, not nearly as exciting as the popping of bubble wrap, but slightly better than listening to Vogon poetry. Be mildly entertained by Mike and Mike as they tackle an assortment of geeky topics each week. Check out the Earth Station One podcast and let your inner geek out to play. All right, and so now we're getting into our bad feature, No Retreat, No Surrender. Jason Stilwell wanted to be a champion. Jason has a dream. Someday I'm going to be just like him. He needs a little help. And a lot of guidance. Now your training begins. He wanted to be a champion. But he never expected to be a hero. No retreat. No surrender. 
<laughs> so, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender um, came out May 2nd, uh, 1986. It's weird where I believe it's uh, financed actually by a Chinese company, but it was mainly an American set and made movie. Um, yes. And the reason I chose this one in particular was um, I ended up watching this for the first time during the recent Mystery Science Theater 3000 tour. This was the movie that they showed. When I went and saw it, the same movie. Yeah, yep. and um, it's the perfect movie for that atmosphere, because <laughs> uh, it's really fucking bad in various hilarious ways. Uh, but I want to hear, especially, I knew you had seen this before, Adam, but Shaquille, I understand you had not even, like, you were not really aware of this one before, right? I'd never even heard of this. <laughs> um, literally, like, I looked it up, and the, immediately the poster, I was like, oh, this oozes 80s. This is, like... Rocky Four, basically, where it's like yeah, American versus the evil Russian, and then I watch it. It's like, oh, this is literally just the Karate Kid, yeah, <laughs> with Rocky Four in it. Um, with Jean Claude Van Damme as the Russian. With Jean Claude, Van- here, here's the thing. I don't know if it's maybe because I haven't seen his best movies, but like, yeah, well, the- I mean, you might have already fucked yourself. I saw Bloodsport, I saw, which is good. Um, I never saw sudden. Uh, was it um Hard Target or Sudden Impact or whatever the hell? Um, sudden death, hard target. Sudden death, death that's yeah, it. Um, the ones that people love more. Man, but like, saying. I saw Universal Soldier and I thought it was a piece of shit. Um, I saw Universal Soldier Regeneration for sequels, and that was also a piece of shit. Uh, and that was one that people were like, "No, it's really good." No, it's not. Um, so I think Jean Claude is a very good martial artist who's just in absolute dog shit. <laughs> and here's the thing: this movie's dog shit, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> It yep. is so bad. It is a terrible film. But man, I had the best time of my life. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the details of that shortly. But so, Adam, had you not seen this before the Mystery Science Theater tour? Or had you seen this previously? Well, I've seen this movie probably about 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, growing up, I was a huge Jean Claude Van Damme fan. When I was really young, I was really into him. So I went back and found anything I could. Like, we're talking, I thought Cyborg was his first movie. And no, it was fucking No Retreat, No Surrender. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? Man. <laughs> and it's just like, I, wow. And I remember watching it then when I was a kid, being really disappointed because he's not in it that much. And now it's like, I, I can't, it's one of those where you cannot help but watch it. Like, you want to show it to people. You're like, have you fucking seen this? And the biggest reason is that's who you got to be, Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and we should point out that that actor who was uh, Tae Jung Kim was actually a guy who was a stand-in for Bruce Lee during Game of Death, uh, which was sort of the infamous kind of movie where Bruce Lee had right. finished it and then they had like doubles finish it and all that. And he looks zero like him. Yep. Nothing. <laughs> Like Not even in the slightest. I challenge a racist who says all Asian people look like to look at a picture of Bruce Lee and this guy and still have that opinion. Well, it doesn't help also that they got the rights to use his image for the posters. So you constantly see images of what he actually looks like. <laughs> and then he pops even, up. It's a shot of fucking Ed, like him and Edge of the Dragon. I'm like, okay, the iconic image, yes. And then they cut, you see him walk in, you're like, oh, that's not him at all. That's Who is that? Whose man's is this? Guy. His hairline's <laughs> completely different, and he's fatter. Like, what is going on? I thought Bruce Lee was dead. <laughs> like, the well, well, there's a lot to get into. No, what I want to ask right now, nope, no, nope, no, nope, fuck this. Shaquille, 
Let's yeah. talk about your your obvious favorite character of the movie. My boy <laughs> RJ. <Yeah. laughs> this fucking movie, dude. Your day one homie. They're not I mean, even on Moving in. He's not even halfway through moving in. They have a whole scene. They're like, hey, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, my boy, my name is RJ. We're best friends now. I was like, what? All right. You want to go do karate in your garage? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's what I love so much about uh, JW fails is how much, which is an unfortunate last name for him. Um, but I just love the fact that anytime he fucking tries to deliver like some of his witty repartee, it's always staged in a way where it's like, "Is this your first play for the kids at high school, honey? Is this the first oh, time is your kid, is your dad recording this in the fucking audience?" After he gets chased by uh, what's his name, like the evil fat dude. Uh, Which is um, such an 80s show. I think it's like Why Scott were or all fat, but, uh, disgusting guys like the toughest guys in all these towns in the 80s? That dude, I don't know if it's like the guy who plays like the best friend in According to Jim, but it looks like that actor. No, the, the, the moment I saw him, I'm just like, did, is this what Francis did after Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Because he looks right. just like fucking Francis. Or the fucking <laughs> no, guy just... from Night of the Demons. Like, it's the same yeah, right, guy. right. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> is this? RJ, him going like, yeah, I was dating, I was like, I was with this girl. You know, she did this really freaky thing with her and had an obvious pause where the guy should interrupt, but it was like he let it hang too long. <laughs> It's like they're pausing for the sitcom laugh track. I love RJ. So, like, he's also so over-expressive. It seems that he doesn't need to be in. No, not at all. No. Um, I guess, for those who might not be familiar, uh, just a brief plot synopsis of this movie. Um, you have our main kid, who is Jason Stilwell, um, who is te- being taught by his father at this karate dojo when they are interrupted by a criminal syndicate of some sort that's trying to take over all the dojos in America. Oh, they whoop, and they whoop, <laughs> and they whoop that kid's dad's ass. Chocolate <laughs> damn whoops that daddy's ass. <laughs> he beats the fuck out of him. <laughs> well, that's what I love, too, is that, like, the, the fight even, like, because obviously Jean-Claude Van Damme's so intimidating, but he comes in, he, like, touches his leg in a weird way, and then the guy goes on the floor, he's like, oh, oh, son, it's over. <laughs> oh, I broke my leg. It's like, yo, that's not how you break a leg, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he mildly, like, pinched it. I don't know why you're, like, fucking dying over here. Um, Jean-Claude Van man. He's the muscles from he, Brussels. Who the hell knows what he did? <laughs> that's true. The, the way that Jean-Claude just fucked this dude's leg up with a pinch is the same thing that Thanos did to the Hulk, where he's like, I didn't just fuck you up, I broke your confidence. You're not, like, you don't want to fight ever again. <laughs> Dude, yeah, he packed his whole family up in a station wagon, like, we're going somewhere else, I'm never teaching karate again. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm going up the career ladder from Karate Dojo Master to bartender at the and worst what? bar. <laughs> kind of criminal syndicate is trying to take over these fucking karate shops and strip malls in like Las Pialas. <laughs> He's like, what the, what, what the fuck do they have to achieve? Then, so you're a criminal syndicate. Oh, the only way you can prove we're super tough is let's have a tournament. The mafia doesn't come in until they get like the last like 30 minutes. And they would kill everyone in the room. Like, right. the mafia would just kill everyone. Like, this is what you do with our buddy. Hey! Just <laughs> shoot everyone. Look, I didn't do my research on the actor who played Jason. I don't know that he was a martial artist before this movie began. Maybe a little bit. Like, I could see him being, like, a green belt in some shitty dojo. Uh, but he's 
fucking stupid and terrible. <laughs> yo, he's so stupid. Oh my god, yo. It, I was just like to mention that like the editing in this movie, like outside of the fight, the fights are honestly the best part and like the fights aren't that terrible. It's the editing and everything else that's awful. Like <laughs> scenes will just cut to another thing without any establishing just like forward motion. It's like I don't remember what scene it was, but the point where they cut into a random like school dance with those break dancers who had the fucking light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 80s, of course. <laughs> That's what people do. You, you mean the same scene where RJ's dressed up full on Michael Jackson with the fucking glove yes. and everything? Yep. Yep. No. Also, yes. How they introduce characters out of nowhere without any explanation. How they establish Kelly as like the, uh, Jason's like girlfriend or whatever. There's like, who, like, oh Kelly, like we had never seen her before. Halfway oh. through the movie, he's like, oh hey, here she is. Like, oh, all right, I guess. And then he like gets fucked up at her birthday party. She's like, I'm just gonna stay. Yeah. Like it's just it's the dumbest the, the shit. argument that they have is so stupid. <laughs> like, oh you you knew this. You you uh, they put you up to this. Like, no, I didn't. Bro, what the fuck is happening? Like, literally, I told myself, what the fuck is happening at least eight times in 20 minutes? <laughs> yep. It's no, that kind of movie. No, it's not stop. It's not stop. Bruce Lee shows up. He's fighting the this ghost fucking... The Bruce Lee. The ghost of Bruce Lee shows up to train him. He's fighting in the side of this fucking, like, haunted mansion. To the point to when, like, RJ's looking at the window and there's nothing there. What time do you call the men in the white coats to come get your food? <laughs> like, seriously, Bruce Lee's training me. Look at all this shit I'm beating up. Like, he's in a shed. Like, like, what the fuck is happening? And the funny thing was, like, when he yeah, when he comes into the shed and then Jason calls, falls into RJ, they just immediately cut to the next scene. They don't even think about going, like, oh, hey, have a conversation about, yeah. like, what RJ just saw. It's like, nope, next scene, just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man, I love all the playground workouts too. Those are so good. This is no. the stupidest fucking movie. No, that's like, the thing. Honestly, like, what's so interesting about this movie is the fact that it is clearly like, as Shaquille mentioned a while ago, about like this is trying to cash in on the uh, Karate Kid craze. Like, this is only a couple yeah. years after Karate Kid. It's blatant. It's not even. Ca- it's blatant. Well, no, it is, but in a way where like it has the ineptitude of like if children took a kid like their dad's camcorder. And shot a Karate Kid remake. And did a bunch of coke. All those children doing coke in the 80s. Those terrible. children doing so much coke. They did their dad super eight. Just made this fucking garbage. Like, I mean, this is pure. It's pure That's, shit. The thing is, what what baffles me is that the begin. like, I think about, like, the beginning of the movie where they're showing the opening credits. The directing credit is Corey Yuen, who works with Jet Li in a lot of his movies like he's a fight choreographer for like a lot of his american stuff so like like you mentioned kiss of the dragon he choreographed that uh the one romeo must die like all of this shit and you're like oh you had this bullshit in you <laughs> like this is why you don't direct like the only other di- major directing thing that i noticed was the transporter the first one wow that's a very odd movie as well. Like, I think a lot of that comes less from maybe Corey Yoon and more from the weird production history about this movie where, like, the guy who wrote it, Keith W. Strandberg, is an actor who was, like, trying to go in, like, Taiwan and in Hong Kong. He was trying to, like, be, like, in various different martial arts movies. He was trying to pitch them on doing one. And then he went to uh, Ning 
Si Yoon, who owns this company called Seasonal Film Corporation, is just like, hey, we should do a martial arts movie. Oh, that's great. We should totally do it. You can write it. He never written the screenplay before. <laughs> oh, no. So much fucking sense. Obviously. Oh, my God. That's why there's just like no sense of like time and location in anything. Nope. <laughs> Things just happen just to happen. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. Ugh. Including my, <laughs> my, my favorite moment is the like the moment I knew like when I was watching this, like, oh, I'm gonna love this movie for how terrible it is, is when RJ randomly raps. Yeah. Yo! <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm RJ and I'm here to say I'm gonna do kung fu in every way. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing? Of course he does. He's a young street youth in the eighties. I mean on those tough streets of like suburban Seattle. Raps and break dances and skateboards and does karate with his new best friend and look, this is on the level like we said a couple episodes, like the Apple Samurai Cop fucking Miami Connection. This is right. Oh, yeah. This would make a lovely double feature with Miami Connection. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Though I would RJ obviously grew up to be that guy in Miami Connection. It's a note for my father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, 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 we could sit here and talk about this for another forty-five minutes. Not going to prepare you for what you're going to see on screen. No, oh. not at all. The thing is, it's so weirdly sincere with all this stupid shit that's happening that it's just genuine that, like, oh, they're not trying to do it in irony. It doesn't feel forced or fake. It's like, no, they legitimately are doing this in earnest, even though its nature is as a cash grab. It's just, you kind of got to respect it for that. No, yeah, it, it has that same sincerity that, like, we love about Miami Connection, which is to say that, like, they clearly want to make a good movie, but they just don't have the ability to whatsoever. And even, like we mentioned, yeah. sort of Jean-Claude Van Damme himself, like, he only appears at the very beginning and at the very end of this movie. And he is not bad at all, obviously, at doing the martial arts stuff. Like, he does his splits thing in the one corner of the ring, and he makes his stupid faces, which, in contrast it's to Jet so Lee, good. every time he looks like he looks like a fucking Muppet, every time he just does one of his faces... <laughs> I'm 36 years old. My brother is 40. And to this day, we will still do Jean-Claude Van Damme noises to each other. <laughs> like, literally. Like, I'll, I'll shake his head and go, yes! <laughs> still, to this day, you cannot help it. They are the greatest things ever made. No, it's, it's that combination of, like, that his elastic face and those silly noises. Because I also watched uh, Bloodsport, like, right before this. Uh, which has a lot of those fun moments. Has a lot, obviously the big clip, like when he gets blind and he's just like, ah! <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and I think that's the thing. Even in this movie, he has a lot of that. Like the bit where um, Jason comes into the ring and he makes this weird contortion face, like, <laughs> and he has his fist fucking put up. It's so amazing. And he just like fully embraced. And the thing is, like, he's doing great martial arts choreography. The problem is just like the camera angles completely obfuscate like all the really important things you should be seeing <laughs> during mm -hmm. that fight. <laughs> and he also had the eyes. Do you notice Van Damme had the eyes? That's Whenever he'd do a punch up, he'd be like, ah! <laughs> and like, what the fuck is going on? Like, relax. He randomly starts beating the shit out of the ref, too. Yes, yes, I love that. <laughs> the best. And the fight continues. Yes. I was. I looked up some random thing on Wikipedia. You know how mar martial arts movies, we see them, like, they're doing all these crazy hits, but they either have little impact or they're not actually connecting. The problem with Jean-Claude is, because he was young and reckless, he was connecting with the hits. <laughs> they well, told no, him not to do it. it. <laughs> well, it's that. He was also a cokehead. 
horrible yeah. coke addict. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and also he had already developed his own style, which hasn't been on film yet at this point. Yeah. Where martial arts took, or Jean Claude Van took like Krav Maga and Kung Fu and mixed it with ballet. Before this, he'd only been like extras and things. Like he's a, a extra and break into electric boogaloo doing a break. Yeah, he was yeah. supposed to be the predator. <laughs> Right, that's true. That that was like right after this, he was supposed to be Predator, and then they like kicked him off because of the lame lobster costume that they probably fucking had. The best. Yeah, yeah probably, probably for the best. There was uh, not enough cocaine on that set for, for all of those. Guys. No, imagine the Predator started doing the splits like Sean Claude. <laughs> I mean, that would make it an even better movie. It's already perfect. Instead but... of the clicking noise, it's the. <laughs> yeah. And every time Arnold's just like, "I'm going to fight you," he's just like. <laughs> An Arnold versus Jean Claude grunt off. <laughs> this is great for the audio. This is That's great true. for the audio. I hope they like it. Just true. fucking staying in. <laughs> also, just like the. It does one of my favorite things. You mentioned the editing, Shaquille, in a bad movie where they'll do the flashback cut like moments after a scene happened like the party scene happens and he's like doing his whole like oh i'm driving around going to bruce lee's grave and they're showing clips we saw two minutes ago (laughs) 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 and also the the bruce lee grave i'm just like who did bruce lee's estate like not get the whole script because like i would not sign off on this movie at all (laughs) not now they want it not now they want it at this time it was like you had to figure Brandon and Shannon were both still young, so it's just Linda. So she was like, yeah, give me whatever money you want <laughs> at this time. But she needed money. She had kids. Right. You know, I got kids. But, um, like, <laughs> good lord. I got to raise Brandon to be a great, true uh, dancer rapper like Archie. <laughs> I could see someone who's like a Bruce Lee, like, purist. Who, or even someone who studies Jeet Kune Do or is really into the Tower of Bruce Lee. Being offended by this movie, maybe, but I challenge them to just give it 30 seconds and then you'd be like, this is just ridiculous. Like, you can't be offended by anything in this movie. Because like Shaquille said, it's done with such heart and it fails on every level. Like, it just does not connect anywhere. No, I think what works about it is that it feels almost like even like the Bruce Lee stuff, which like when I was first watching this, I'm like, oh, what weird direction are we going to with this? But what I like is it shows that it's somebody who probably only like saw posters of Bruce Lee in the same way, but never watched one Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> like or, never. Or watched his movies and that's how he learned karate. Right. Like and I mean, obviously that... his bitch ass dad wasn't teaching well enough. Oh, oh we haven't <laughs> talked about the dad enough. The dad who does one of my favorite fucking bits in this movie every single time that he comes back home and his dad's just like, you've been fighting again. I knew you've been fighting again. <laughs> and especially the bit where like he's walking on his cane and he clearly is just like, oh, you don't have a broken leg at all. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this guy was a, a fucking karate master, supposedly, where he had his own dojo. He gets his ass whooped once and that's it, man. He can't bounce back. He can't fucking rehabilitate from an injury. He picks up the fucking drink and he's taking it out on his son. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? How, how flimsy of a fucking a, self-identity does this guy have? I think one Lord. of my favorite lines of dialogue that I've heard was when um, uh, dude was like, yo, I'll pretend I didn't hear it. And then Jay's like, I'll pretend I didn't say it. <laughs> that. I need to use that in an argument. I'm using that as my notes. 
Oh, God. I mean, is there much more to say about No Retreat, No Surrender? No, than... because the thing is, like I said earlier, we could say everything we want. We could go into a fucking play-by-play plot synopsis. It's not going to make a difference. This has to be seen. No, yeah, it, it definitely fits in the pantheon of our sort of favorite bad movies we ever covered for the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're up to like five now. Right, it would be in the it would be the Mount Rushmore would be like this Miami Connection Samurai, Samurai Cop. Cop, the Apple, the Apple, yeah, that's the Mount That's Rushmore right there. So far, the four, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure. Um, but you know what, Shaquille, your final thoughts on No Retreat, No Surrender. My final thought is I'm literally looking up Amazon right now to see if I can find a Blu-ray copy of this movie because I'm going to buy the shit. This is B-movie brilliance. I loved it all. It's, like you mentioned, a failure on every single conceivable level. The most competent part is the martial arts, and even then, those aren't really all that great. Yeah, this movie's a failure, but I love it. I love just how sincere to the bullshit that it is. I'm going to show this to so many people once I have my hands on a copy. Have to, right? I mean, you have to. No, yeah. I mean, Adam, any potential final thoughts lingering about No Retreat, No Surrender? You got to see it if you haven't. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of martial arts movies or not. It, it, this is just such a clusterfuck of events on film that none of it lines up, and yet it's infinitely rewatchable. No, that's the thing, especially like going into it knowing my first experience was with like Joel Hodgson and the bots, like riffing over it i was like oh is this gonna work as well because i've watched like certain ms33k movies afterward and it's like no it doesn't nearly hold up as well you only have to watch your ms33k eyes but this one definitely works in that vein it just has so many hilarious moments we haven't even talked about like we specifically in the party scene the bit where it's like the actual sort of fight that happens between uh jason and fucking kelly's boyfriend is so fucking hilarious. Just like the weird macho-ness of it and any of the scenes with the fat kid particularly like when they go to the restaurant Yo, the hamburger the place? greasiest, most disgusting-looking way to eat a burger I've ever seen in my life. No, it's just like, oh, oh, thanks, God, lunches on me. How is this kid popular? <laughs> right? How's no one just like, yo, why are you, like, you are gross. You're a disgusting human being. Also, when he's, like, quoting Clint Eastwood shooting fucking Coke bottles in his front yard. Or, or, or even, like, his introduction is him just randomly standing there on the street, and he's eating, like, a whole cake? Dude, yeah, a, <laughs> I forgot about the cake! Yeah, not even just, like, a piece, an entire cake! Like, we're talking, like, seven-eighths of a cake. <laughs> he's just eating, he's just like, that Bruce Lee guy, whatever. And then later on, RJ and Karen's like, I told you and that Bruce Lee guy, like, you never talked to him once before! <laughs> Oh, what killed me was like the like Kelly's brother is like the lead of the the Seattle dojo, right? And then it's not to the very end that Jason and the and her brother have an actual conversation. I was like, oh right, they've never met. Where's like, oh I'm this person, nice to meet you. I was like, oh right, we're the last twenty minutes and they've never met. No, <laughs> right? Yes. Thank you guys. For, I feel like I just stumbled onto gold. Yeah, it's 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 got to be seen to be believed. It is uh, yes, it is so bad it's good perfection on every level. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the end of our two uh, film discussions here. But before we do our picking at the end of the episode, uh, we have some things to share, like our feedback. Where every Monday at DEDB Pod, we ask you all about like, hey, what are the good and bad related to whatever topic we're doing? What are your personal favorites or least favorites? And uh, we got some a few people who shared their thoughts. Uh, first, James Rodriguez says, uh, I adore Stephen Chow's films with Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer being so very well done. 
I've really enjoyed Headshot and The Night uh, Comes For Us, which are great successors to the phenomenally choreographed action in the Raid films. Uh, the villainess is also worth a mention, beginning by showing uh, Hardcore Henry how to properly do first-person action. And I have a soft spot for Jackie Chan, especially the unbelievable stunts he pulled off over the years, but his American works haven't been my favorites. The Medallion, the Tuxedo, anybody? And then Adrian Cardenas uh, says, Growing up, some of my favorites were Lionheart, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Best of the Best, Kung Fu Hustle, Enter the Dragon, and Ricky O. Uh, most of them are a bit cheesy nowadays, but that's part of the charm. Newer films like The Raid and The Raid 2 are amazing and insane. Um, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of bad martial arts movies, but I do have to mention Mortal Kombat Annihilation, uh, which I did not expect mentioned, honestly. It's a horrible <laughs> film. I didn't horrible. think about it, but yeah, it counts. Oh, God. I don't even like the first movie, but I'll I'll give it competent, like it's competent. Yeah. Uh, the second one, oh boy. Have either of you seen Ricky O, the story of Ricky? Yes, I have. Oh. I've, I've seen it in pieces we because I went to, to go see Handle Burst's comedy <laughs> show and they played it before. Oh, we got to cover that movie. Oh, no, we, we're definitely covering that movie. It's so fucking violent. Right. If you're watching The Rain, you're like, oh, this gets pretty gory, almost like horror movie level. It's like, honey. Yeah, here's no. Ricky O. Ricky O. Oh, Ricky O. Oh my lord, bro! Literally the whole time they're just showing clips, and I'm like, "This is the most insane shit I've ever seen." Yep, yep. it's a fucking classic. <laughs> it's so good. I need uh, to see the full thing in context. Even some of the ones, like even as a novice, I've seen some of the stuff like Kung Fu Hustle is amazing. That's such a like so fun good. Looney Tunes weird fucking movie that's so fun to watch and just like the weird comedy of it. But I haven't seen his other movies like even Shaolin Soccer. I've yet to see. Shaolin Soccer is super super fun. It's it's obviously ridiculous, but Stephen Chow that's also his thing where he takes he essentially takes Jackie Chan's cartoonishness and turns it to like a twelve. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I was never a huge fan of Stephen Chow movies. Uh, I like them. But I, 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 you know, they're hit and miss for me for sure. Mm-hmm. I could definitely understand why they're so beloved because they are just a live action Looney Tunes. Uh, what would you guys say are some of your favorites? Especially don't get a lot of mentions. Some sort of underrated ones. Because it did, I know it didn't get mentioned, but Tony Jaw, Ong Bak, Ong Bak is incredible, and the Protector. The Protector is is more known to like Americans and mainstream because of the big like tracking shot fight scene. That's like. Yeah. But what, five, ten minutes of him just yeah. going up this huge, huge tower nonstop. It's incredible. Fucking so the elbows and knees, the deadliest elbows and knees in the business is Tony Cha. I didn't mention you're not crazy about the American stuff, but like I do have a soft spot for the American like Jet Li flicks. Like the one <sighs> Jet Li as a villain just <laughs> doing scenery like a motherfucker is incredible. The, the final scene when he's on the prison plan is like, I'm you law. I am nobody's bitch. I am nobody's Great. bitch. Yeah, Amazing. And he's fighting set to Papa Roach. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mentioned Kiss of the Dragon for Jet Li. I also like Unleashed with Jet Li. I gotta with... rewatch Unleashed. I really you know, like that. I thought as a kid, I wasn't crazy about it, but I need to rewatch it again. It's it's very story heavy. Yeah, you're expecting a straight kung fu movie, and it's really not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good that's one. Like I said, Mystery of Chess Boxing is great. Uh, most of the old Shaw Brothers movies are good. Iron Monkey's really good. Ooh, yeah. That was um, really good. Jet Li Hero 
is fucking one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. I, I have seen Hero, and I do agree. It's yeah, gorgeous. Hero's phenomenal. It's, it, it looks beautiful, even though it is apparently weirdly like sort of propaganda for like a fascist like leader and shit. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, how do we not mention Crouching Tiger? I'm not a huge fan. Really? Yeah, I'm not. I like it enough. It's good. I'm not but a I get huge it. firefighting uh, fan. Okay, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, I appreciate it, but... Mm, well, I mean, I guess know. it also has to do with, like, it being sort of put on sort of the pedestal. Was like that, that kind of felt like the moment where, like, a new sort of um, wave of, like, martial arts fandom in America kind of came from. Like, that and The Matrix kind of hitting at the same time. Yeah, sort of like really mm-hmm. made that a thing. So yeah, I guess I see why a lot of people like love it as much. I do quite like it. I did rewatch that recently, and I still think there's a lot of uh, great fun stuff in it. Um, I mean, also com- it, fucking Yo, Michelle Yo. Yeah, for sure. I never Talk watched the sequel. I think I got to do it for sequels because it is a directed video thing. I think technically, not... yeah, it was, it was released on Netflix. Yeah, hell yeah, I could do it. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, and no, it's it's directed by the the choreographer. As well, like so, it'd be I'd be curious to like see, I guess the differences there. Um, but what about sort of the fun trash? What's the fun trash martial arts movies? Oh, dude, any Steven Seagal movie, like Steven for Seagal real, sucks. Oh, he's but, terrible. Man, but watch Marked for he, Death. Watch Under Siege. Watch Out for Justice. Out for Justice above the law. I mean, dude, there's so many just horrible, great movies. The late, like, early 2000s Steven Seagal when he was just, like, teamed up with the rappers to just fight. Yeah, like and Exit Wounds. Exit Wounds, Half Past Dead. They're garbage. He did the Glimmer Man with Keenan Ivory Waynes. <laughs> I forgot about the Glimmer Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No, I, I absolutely love Mark for Death. Mark for Death is Steven Seagal, Keith David... Uh, they're taking on Jamaican drug lords. It's so brutally violent. I mean, it's brutally violent. And it's uh, it's probably my favorite Seagal one. Uh, but like I said, I like the Van Damme movies. I love Time Cop. I love, you know, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, even fucking Double double Team. No, not Double Team. Double, double Team is garbage. No, uh, what's the one where he plays his own twin? Is that Double Is that double Impact? I don't know. Double Impact. Yeah, that's it. Double okay. Impact. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, you know, and then you had like Red Scorpion with Dolph Lundgren. You had, dude, Roadhouse. Roadhouse is a phenomenal, and you could count it martial arts. Cause yeah, I was going to say, does that count as a martial arts movie? Yeah, because apparently he's he knows martial arts in that movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, but... I guess. <laughs> oh, dude. You want to watch a really good, shitty, cheesy martial arts movie? Watch a movie called The Perfect Weapon. It's from like the late 80s, early 90s with this guy who was the master. He was a Kenpo master. It's a terrible fucking film with so many stereotypes and cliches, but it's one of those where, like, oh, I got to see this. That or anything Don the Dragon Wilson or Billy Blanks did. Then you're going to hear finding some stuff. I just thought of like a good one that no one really thinks about, but it's a very good martial arts movie. Fucking Kung Fu Panda. The, the, the Kung Fu Panda trilogy is quite good, sir. I, no, 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 no. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like, I'm specifically talking about the first two. They yeah. have incredible, like, for especially in an animated sense, you don't really get like choreography that's as good as like, like the bridge fight between like the tiger, uh, like Tigress and uh, the fucking villain, whatever his name is. That shit, I was looking at it. I'm like, this is like 
really good, not just for like a, an animated movie, but just for like a martial arts movie in general. It's creative. Like it used the animation format perfectly in that sense. You can tell they definitely had a love for these movies in particular and kind of wanted to create it, recreate it in some way. I would particularly agree with two. Two has a lot of like I think the really stylish stuff, and I love the peacock villain voiced by Gary mm-hmm. Oldman. I think he's a really fun, yeah. intimidating presence. Yeah, and it also like the first one has my one of my favorite Ian McKellen deliveries, where it's just like he's a panda. You're a panda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we won't even talk about that third one. That one don't count. It, it was fine. Whatever. It, it looked yeah. beautiful. It looked gorgeous. Three. Wait, does three ninjas count? Yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah three ninjas are three ninjas. Fucking sucks. Like not That's... even like entertainingly bad. It's just garbage. Karate Kid Four with Hillary Swank. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, it, 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 it's a it's a pretty <laughs> close race though between that and Karate Kid Three. And at least Karate, next Karate Kid tried to like, have a new protagonist versus three is just yeah. a remake of one. But it's like, oh, this no, is like totally. ten years later. Yeah, no, it is. But oh man, the Hillary Swank one, fucking hell! I mean, look, that... like aside from the first Karate Kid, like none of those sequels are really worth it. Even two is just like weird shit where it's like Asian mysticism, and oh, we're gonna have our combat like in this like weird. Um, arena where like the fucking stone slab moves around, you might fall into lava or whatever. That's that's used in so many kung fu movies too. That idea where they'll set tabletops up on like sticks and you got to balance and fight around it, right? Right. Wild, rocking back and mm-hmm. forth. So that's not a not an yeah. unused trope. But yeah, no, I agree. Well, Karate Kid One is stupid. There's no way Ralph Macchio wins the tournament with an illegal kick. Yeah, they tell him no kicks to the no. face. Like, I love that. No retreat has its own version of the cray kick with the spin kick. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? Just just one last like really great fun bad one we've talked about before with our canon films episode and stuff. Ninja Three: The Domination is just like so good, so fucking silly. We gotta so cover amazing. that. We do. Yeah, yeah, we, Ninja Three. But, okay, I, I I've never heard of that one. So you gotta send me that one. <laughs> but let me pitch you, Shaquille. Ninja Three: The Domination is about a young pole like telephone pole installer who ends up getting possessed by the spirit of a ninja who, at the opening of the movie, has invaded an American golf course and has killed many people. Murders, like, 40 40 people. (laughs) This is all in the first ten minutes, and then he dies, and his soul goes into her body. Possesses this young white girl. Yeah. So it's very, like, um, uh, flash dancey, where she's working on the lines and stuff, and... uh, Her her first role was in Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. So he possesses this white girl... And when she finally becomes like possessed by his spirit, and she oh, talks like this, so and I mean, she, oh, like, she's using ninja magic, it's the funniest shit. And, and James Hong shows up as like an exorcist for martial arts, like yep. fucking ninja souls. Um, it's like best and worst is the same movie. Best District Thirteen, an incredible like French escape. It's Escape from New York with parkour and martial arts, and it fucking yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. Worst. Brick Mansion's the American remake with Paul Walker. And Paul Walker's Rizzo. final filmed role. And Rizza. Is it a Paul Walker and Rizza? No, you know, the thing about District 13, District 13 is good as far as the athleticism and the parkour and stuff like that, but the story and the acting is atrocious. Oh, it's a, the most blatant escape from New York ripoff, but yeah. I, like, it's what I mentioned, it's window dressing for the fights and the chases. 
Yeah. And I love it for that reason. <laughs> well, we recommend a lot of great ones to you all, and uh, you all send some great ones for the feedback, so thank you all for that. We also want to thank a couple of people, like thanks to Chris Oliver for the intro and outro music used in our show. Listen to more of his music at chrisoliver.bandcamp.com. Thanks to Emily Scarter for the art for our show, and of course, thanks to Mr. Shaquille Lambert. Shaquille, plug yourself. You're all over the place. You got podcasts, you write some places. Yes. So, so many things. Um, you can follow me on all the social medias, Shaq Excellence, S-H-A-K Excellence. You can find me over on oneofus.net. We help co-host a bunch of podcasts and stuff like the Screener Squad, Breakfast Pub. Uh, you can find my writing over at cgmbacklot.com where I help. I'm a film writer over there, so I write reviews. I've been on pause because there's been no new fucking movies. You can also find me over at my main podcast, Sequels. That's S-E-E-Q-U-E-L-S, where we talk about direct video sequels. Uh, we just recently did an episode on uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, where we just essentially talk about Aladdin's hot dad. Also, recently I started live streaming video games over on Twitch because I play a lot of fucking video games. So, twitch.tv slash Shaq Excellence. Whew, that's it. Oh, you got to rest, Master. You have to rest after such yes. a, a long, long... Uh, I bow. <laughs> I bow. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, well, you can find us in our rinky-dink operation uh, over on Twitter and Facebook at DEDBpod. Uh, that's where we post up those feelers asking you about you know, what your favorite and least favorite things are related to whatever topic. And uh, you can send us feedback, uh, doubleedgedoublebill at gmail.com, all spelled out. And of course, you can subscribe to us on our recent Patreon that we launched, patreon.com slash DEDBpod, uh, where you can do polls and stuff. We'll be talking support to the people. Yeah, for just a dollar a month. That's all we ask. It's just one dollar a month. Um, and uh, you can vote in polls, and like there's exclusive podcasts that'll be there. And uh, we should say there's a poll up right now, as this is being released, that'll be about um, a topic that you all can choose uh, for June, which is it's um, between Judd Apatow Productions and SNL cast member vehicles. So Ooh, one of those will okay, be a topic. Uh, wh- where do you lean, Shaquille? Where would you want us to go? Personally... I'd probably lean more towards Judd Apatow Productions because there is such a wide berth of, like, that that time period when, like, every studio comedy was just a Judd Apatow production. <laughs> There's a lot of things you could pick from in there. A lot of good and a lot of terrible. I fear one of you will end up doing year one. <laughs> like, it will have that as a pick. I refuse to talk about that. <laughs> but but to be fair, with, with SNL vehicles, like there's a wide breadth as well. There's 40 years of people being like, hey, I can go from SNL to a movie. And sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. Most like of the time 90% it really percent of the time it doesn't. <laughs> and keep in mind, it's not just movies based on SNL sketches. It's like any movie where it's a big sort of like lead thing for like, hey, here is a SNL cast member going into film. That kind of thing. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. When you say it like that, that's a good idea. Yes, yes. Mm. So there's a, there's a wide breadth you could do with that. 40 years of different hey. cast members. <laughs> Can't wait to hear your episode about dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite Norm McDonald vehicle. Um, but you can also find uh, me at Not The Who's Tommy. On Twitter and Facebook, uh, on on Twitter and Instagram, uh, that's where I post all uh, my musings and stuff. Um, and uh, you can find me doing some writing, MarianiThomas.wordpress.com, where I do reviews and things, and TrueSuperheroFans.com, where I do satirical superhero news. And you can find uh, Adam in the dojo mastering uh, every single part of his body. Clearly, mastering baiting mostly. 
<laughs> and just to like the weird wooden man prop that like yeah. to be there. that's all he has. <laughs> For more lovely content like that, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcasting platforms. Of course, we're on the ESO network. You, you can listen to all sorts of other great shows. Uh, but you can also dig into our archives on our Podbean channel for all the for like several episodes we did before we joined ESO. And nothing else. If you could just share, rate review or anything like that for the show. Even if you can't donate to the Patreon, just a rate, review, share, anything like that helps out the show, gives it more visibility. Yeah, it's not asking a fucking lot, I don't think. I mean, I don't know why the fuck we gotta say it every fucking week. <laughs> really, just click a button. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Really, you got a lot going on right now? America? And Canada? You in the you house the right now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you, you got nothing. If you're listening to this, you got nothing going on. Just share it. <laughs> yes. And uh, now, before we leave, it's time to do our picking for next week, uh, which will be a bit interesting, uh, because some of it's already picked out for us. Uh, For our next episode, um, we are revisiting a topic we've wanted to revisit for a while, because we're not maybe the biggest fans of our original episode. We're returning to the world of Westerns, Adam. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, because we want to do it right this time, for sure. And uh, the thing... Yeah, the thing is, uh, all of you ended up helping out with that because uh, we're going to do our traditional picking for Adam's bad picks, where I'm going to where we're going to have a Shaquille pick a number between one and ten in order to seal our fates for that particular bad choice. Uh, but for the good choices, we put this out to Patreon, and uh, the polls are in, and so you all ended up picking uh, between our two choices of Once Upon a Time in the West and Tombstone. You all picked Tombstone from 1993, which I expected. It was the you know. Kind of the far away lead, uh, and plus it's a really popular movie. Good, good movie, but it's a very Hollywood western sort of blockbuster film. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen this one, so I'm very curious to revisit it. Um, it was a cable staple though; it was all over the place. We'll oh yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. But now, Adam, for your two bad picks, you've assigned number between one and ten for them, and Shaquille. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> and now Shaquille will use his uh, mighty fist to punch whichever number gets closest. So, Shaquille. The wind is flowing, my body, my energy. I throw a punch, the number eight. Funny that you picked number eight, A, uh, you're right on the button, and B, in honor of your show sequels, uh, the winner is Blood Rain 2, Deliverance. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I I have many questions. That's a Western? Yeah. Billy the Kid is the main bad guy vampire. Oh my god! (laughs) And it's played by Scott, whatever the fuck, from uh, Christmas Story. Oh, Scott Farkas? Yeah. yeah, Zach Ward himself. Yes, Zach Ward. So excited. Uh, What was your alternate choice? Wild Wild West. I mean, how could it not be? I mean, yeah. yeah. But at the very least, here's the thing. With Wild Wild West, at least you had the amazing Will Smith theme song. Other than Blood Rain, you're fucked. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be bad. Oh, okay, so yeah, it's it's our first Uwe Boll picture, you know. Uh, I guess this will be a great introduction to all of It's going to happen there. sooner or later. No. I, I'm glad we avoided it for about 100 or so episodes, but <laughs> the time has come. Oh, and, and this is a sequel to an Uwe Boll movie. Oh, that's so, right. I have I to mean, catch up. Just... I need to. I need to learn what the the first this film secrets. The first one was in the theaters. This one wasn't good enough to go to the it theaters. Oof. 
Well, oh. we'll, we'll find all about all about that next time when we do our two movies next time. So uh, on that note, though, um, it's time to go back into the dojo and train and truly become masters of the martial arts, gentlemen. Or baiting. I mean, yeah, but we can do that elsewhere. I'm not going to do this with the both of you. I'm doing it right now. Oh, God. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.